Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning, again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 21. Living before God our Father. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but from the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. So we look at our new life in Christ this morning, as we continue our look at First Peter. Last time we saw in our study that Peter is, is, is writing to his people scattered around the area, saying and telling everyone that God wants us to be saved. That's what he wants. He doesn't force us into salvation, but he provides it for us to either receive it or reject it. And once we receive that salvation, we no longer need to fear death because of the hope that we have in eternal life through Christ. And we can take comfort in that and we can rejoice in the knowledge of our salvation. Sure, as Peter says, trials and tribulations and troubles and struggles will come to us but they'll come to us to prove our faith, to make us pure. And it's not always an easy journey through life, but we know that we will have a safe arrival. And God is with us. And He'll strengthen us through those tough times. And in our scripture this morning, Peter continues that same theme that we saw last week. Only now he's writing about the believer's new life in Christ. And when you think about your own life for a minute, many of us probably grew up in Christian homes and and probably have always attended church. But there are probably differences in the way you act today because of your growing and maturing relationship with Christ. See, when you received Christ into your life, you were a new creation. You were born again. You have that new life in Christ. 
And we're to prepare ourselves for God. We should reject the evils of this world, reject the desires of this world, and focus on what God wants us to do. We are to be sober-minded. We're to study the Word of God diligently and apply it to our lives each and every day. We're to live by His Word. We're to live following His Word. And we're to live in joy as we do this, not begrudgingly. And we're to live a holy life because God is holy. To live a holy life means to live as God lives. As much as we can. Even though while we're on this earth we will never reach perfection. But that is still our goal. To live a holy life. Treating God with respect and reverence. There are some Christians that believe they can do anything they want. They can act any way they want to act. Because God will forgive them. And while that is true, God will forgive you of your sins. But sin should not be the pattern of a Christian's life. You're not free to sin just because you are saved and forgiven. The pattern of your life should be holiness, righteousness. Holiness is God's number one attribute. In the Hebrew language, a word is often repeated to emphasize its meaning. And sometimes we do that as well in in the English language. For example, whenever a child is about to do something dangerous, what do you say? Do you simply say no? Or do you say no, no, no? You emphasize. You repeat the word. And that is one of the places out of all of God's attributes we see only one that is emphasized like that. And we see it in several places, but we see it in Isaiah chapter 6. This is Isaiah's vision. We talk a little bit about this with the angels. He hears the angels praising God, and they're saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The full earth, the whole earth is full of His glory. God's number one attribute, the number one thing that is emphasized is God's holiness. God is holy. We, too, should be holy. We should be motivated to live a righteous life as God is righteous. Not a self-righteous, but a godly righteous life. And living this righteous life, a holy life, in this fallen, dark, sinful world is extremely challenging. But we need to maintain our strength and maintain our focus on God. And that's what Peter tells his readers. He says, God is going to judge each according to their deeds. Everyone will experience either eternal life or eternal death. But for the believer, our heart attitudes are judged as well. Why do we do the things that we do? 
Now, being judged doesn't get us into heaven or not, if we're a good person or a bad person. We get to heaven through Christ alone. But we will be judged for our works as well. And what do we do these things for? Do we do them to look good for others? Do we make a big show of the of the righteous, of the good things we do? Or do we do them to glorify God? What is our heart really like? God knows our hearts. He knows our desires. He knows what our motives are. He knows why we do things. He knows us better than ourselves because He created us. And that's why He sends or allows troubles, allows trials into our lives to prove to us, to humble us at times. He gives us what we need. But even as we go through these trials, we must remember and understand the price that Jesus paid for our salvation. We are redeemed by Him. We cannot save ourselves. He paid the ultimate price for our sins. And because of his sacrifice, we are no longer under the curse of the law. God loves this world. Some people question that. I don't. John 3.16 tells me God loves this world. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The only way we can have a right relationship with the world and the people in it is if we have a right relationship with God. God loved the world. And He gave His Son to save it. So we too are to love the world. Not in a material or a possessive or a worldly way, of course, but in the way God loves it. And God wants people to be saved. That's why He sent His Son. So we should love the world, we should love the people of this world enough and in the way that God does, God does so that we too can save it. And the way we do that is we go into the world and make disciples for Jesus Christ. We go to the world. It's challenging to bring people into the church. They don't want to come. And they make all kinds of excuses. Don't like the music. Too hot, too cold. Too early, too late, it's my lunchtime, it's my breakfast time, whatever. So we may not get them into the church, but we can go to them and witness and minister to them through our lives, through our words, through our actions, each and every day of our life. And we can only do that when we have a right relationship with God and He's there strengthening us and giving us the ability to do that. And we get that right relationship when we're reborn through Christ. 
And trying to explain that rebirth to someone is extremely challenging. You can't explain it. You can only experience it. And then you get it. Then you understand. It completely changes your life. You have a change of mind. You have a change of your heart. You have a change of your lifestyle. The old worldly things no longer matter like they did before. You don't want to do that bad stuff or that you used to do. Or, or when you do happen to do that bad stuff, you feel so guilty afterward. You feel so guilty later on. And that was what our earlier scripture in John chapter 3 said. Jesus explaining that rebirth to Nicodemus. It means having the Spirit of God working in your life. I don't know how it all starts or when it really kicks in and takes effect. There's no doubt in my mind that some people have that exact moment that they went through something and they felt the change. But for many of us that were brought up in Christian homes, we may not have had that aha moment. We may not have had that life-altering experience that really changed things for us. So for us, Maybe it's more difficult to really feel that rebirth. But you know the Spirit of God is there working. And even though we are reborn, we have the Spirit of God working in our lives, and we've come and accepted and received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we still live in a fallen world. We still have those fleshly desires, those fleshly temptations to contend with, those old habits that we have to break. And we will fail. But the key is knowing and remembering that we are a child of God and that He's ready, willing, and able to help us through our troubles, to help us through our trials, to help us through our temptations. And we need to rely on Him for our strength to go through whatever it is that we're dealing with in our life. And we must remember that He always provides for us opportunities. Opportunities to grow in our faith. Opportunities to bless others. Opportunities to help others. And we must thank Him for those opportunities. And as a believer, as I said, we have new life with Christ. We receive Christ into our life and the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. We are attached to God for eternity. Where we go, God goes. We live with God and God lives with us for the rest of our life. And we share the life of God. So we'll want to do what He wants us to do. And we must be holy because God is here with us. And He is holy. Let us remember that this week as we go about our lives. Let us close with a prayer this morning. Father, we thank You for being a part of our lives and for the gift of eternal life through Christ. 
Help us to recognize your hand in our lives each and every day. Help us to be righteous as you are righteous. And help us to be holy as you are holy. Transform us each day to grow in your likeness so that we may be more and more like you. Pray and give thanks through the precious name of Jesus. Amen.